What's good, everybody? It's the Mid-State 48, powered by 615 Preps, getting you ready for week number eight. Going to try to do it in 48 minutes or less as we fail to do every week. Isn't that right, Scott? Yeah, that's pretty much. 48's the goal. We uh, never seem to make it. We like a lot of overtime around here, apparently. But, oh, uh, yeah. It hasn't happened on the field yet this year. We haven't had an overtime game yet. No, we haven't. Um, really, yeah, that's surprising. I, uh, usually we get one or two by now. Yeah, you watch. We'll probably get like both of them this week. Yeah, so. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Doomed now. Yeah. Folks, as you notice, Tom Duggan, again, not with us this week. Still a little bit under the weather, but we hope to have him back next week. He is doing better, though, so That's good news That's not what there. I heard. Uh-oh. What did you hear? <laughs> I heard he hadn't. He couldn't make bail again. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Tom. Just kidding. Back. Hope He's you're feeling back. better. He is coming back with skid marks on his back because you just threw him under the bus. <laughs> Unreal. As long as they're on his back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Tom. Again, no, really, Tom. Get better. Uh, we hope to see you soon. Um, and uh, yeah, everybody here is, uh, you know, thinking about you and knowing that uh, you carry a lot of the load. Yeah, <laughs> it's a true story. As we'll find yeah. out who you got later on. So, uh, we gave on us already, and kind of the unofficial halfway point of the entire season, if you count the playoffs, which we do. So we are halfway to crowning champions for 2021. And now fall break starts for a lot of teams. So a lighter schedule for the next couple of weeks, and especially this week where more than 100, 100 plus teams statewide are off for fall break. So you know, some, pe- some people are going to go out of town. Some people are going to go to other games. Some people are going to just do whatever. Well, we know where we'll be. Yeah. Some people thought they were going to be out of town. Now they're going to be back. Yeah. We'll get into that later, but yeah. yeah. So let's take a quick look back at our games from week seven. We started on Thursday night at station camp. Scott, you were over there for that one where the Bison knocked off number one Mount Juliet by a point and a game that and didn't look like it was going to be that close, but station camp had to rally and get them. Yeah, and it was really uh, a really surprising game. It was really kind of a, uh, a tale of two games, really. Um, you know, station camp, uh, you know, First of all, you know, I have to say, you know, kudos to Coach Brent Alexander going for two with two minutes left, going after the win. Um, you know, later he would say that, you know, he, he wasn't hesitating. He had uh, – he kind of faked his uh, his kicking team out there, but he decided to go to go after it. But, uh, you know, they they grabbed – they showed a lot of people something this, this week, and – this team's their defense is for real. Now their defense did a, a masterful job of holding up uh, Mount Juliet. And if you look at Mount, Mount, how Mount Juliet scored, uh, one interception return, a fumble return, a safety where the ball was snapped out of the end zone, uh, they held uh, a pretty powerful Mount Juliet offense uh, to you know just a couple of touchdowns. It really was a a good game but yeah you're right uh, they had to overcome uh the bison had to overcome mistakes uh got uh, you know a couple late touchdowns uh and survived a, a missed field goal at the end uh but this team this team believes i mean they they really do believe in uh in what they're doing um you know and in in on the mount julia side you know coach uh uh Coach Perry was, uh, you know, he was very disappointed 
you know, in his group, uh, in the execution. Um, you know, his, his thing was that uh, he, he's got to find a way to get those guys to finish. He's got to get find a way to get those. You know, they, they were up a couple scores. They let the station camp back. Couldn't quite, you know, keep their foot on, you know, keep their foot on the gas. Um, and that really uh, bothered him. He's got a new, you know, he's got a young defense. Um, they just couldn't get the stops when it mattered. Yep. Uh, a tough loss for the Golden Bears. And they were number one ranked in 5A in the AP poll at the time. And now the question is not whether they can win the region or not. It's can they get in the top two to get a home playoff game? There's no guarantee at that point, as we're going to look at later on in our next segment, because we'll go over some of those regions that have some interesting races and, and what could be coming down the pike for those teams in the next segment. Uh, Station Camp, you know, that program hasn't had a lot of, of good things. Um, you know, this is only the second head coach in their history, too, Brandon Alexander. I mean, Sean Hollinsworth started that program in 2000, I think 2003 and was the head coach up until a couple of years ago when Alexander took over. And they went 1-10 last year, didn't win a game until they actually got to play an 11th game per TWSWA rules because of you know, COVID stuff. And honestly, nobody thought into the season that maybe outside their locker room that they could really be a contender, but they have proven literally everybody wrong. And they're a legitimate, legitimate contender in 5A in that Western half. And, you know, who knows how far they can go? Well, yeah, I mean, when when I, you go in there and you think, you know, are they good? Have they been fortunate? But you go in, they're going to, they actually play very, very sound fundamental football. Uh, like I said, outside of a few, you know, a few errors that, you know, they were at least fortunate enough to overcome by continuing to not panic, run the ball, stay within their offense, and play solid defense. Yep. Let's move on to Friday's games last week. You were at Summit the second week in a row we were there for Summit against Ravenwood. A great atmosphere again. And, oh. And a great performance by Destin Waite. Uh, that that game was just amazing. Um, yeah, you're right. A great atmosphere. Um, you know, they had uh, Williamson County game day. There, uh, the stands were packed early. Um, it was a, a blackout. They they had all the themes and the the bands and everything. Yeah, you were right, and you warned me about uh, you warned me about the spirit line. You know that it basically stretched all the way to uh, uh, well halfway to Tullahoma. Now um, I had it. I had it at about eighty five yards last week. How how far did it stretch for you? It was about that long. It was about that long. Um, you know, all the kids out there. Uh, it was a great, great atmosphere, and uh, the game itself uh, didn't, you know, didn't, you know, it was as advertised. Um, you know, it, you know, it was ping pong at the at first. I mean, it starts off with an onside kick. Uh, Ravenwood recovers, marches it down, and scores. Uh, but then, uh, you know, somebody gets the ball back, and Destin Wade takes off on a long run. Then finishes it off, and then it just kind of went back and forth, back and forth. Uh, really, the the big turn of events in the game came uh, on a pass uh, that was intercepted by Keaton Wade. It was tipped at the line of scrimmage. Uh, Wade uh, was able to, uh, Keaton Wade was able to come up with it, and uh, 
you know, that put them up by two scores, 29 to 20. And at that point, their defense could kind of, they'd lay back, uh, talking to Brady Pierce. Uh, you know, they, they backed up off the receivers a little bit. Um, they, uh, you know, they played solid in the defensive backfield. Uh, Coach Coleman was incredibly complimentary of both his, of his defensive backs uh, and his defensive line. They, you know, once in the third quarter, they got, uh, they got uh, Ravenwood kind of on their heels. Uh, they kept, they would contain Parson in the pocket and he'd get out every once in a while for his runs, but they weren't back breakers. And then, you know, they'd get the sacks on him and, and they'd force, uh, uh, incompletions and, and, you know, losses on, you know, big, you know, there are a couple of big sack losses and things of that nature. So, you know, Destin Wade, another big night, 264 yards on the ground, three touchdowns. It was, it was really just, you know, and the second half, you know, was, you know, really the, that was the game. It was a, it was summit on the ground. Um, talking to uh, coach Hester, you know, yeah, he would tell you there's nothing difficult about their scheme. Hand it to one, pitch it to seven. Yeah, you know, that's pretty it. Pretty much it. It's nice. <laughs> that's what he was saying. And there was, it was one play where they one took it and then pitched it to seven on an option yeah. that wasn't planned. Yeah, that it, it was it was improvised. Yeah, and that's what Destin, both Destin and Keaton, uh, uh, I think they they it kind of tickled them because they both wanted to talk about that play. Uh, because it was just an imp- improvised play. And, you know, I guess when you've lived with your tailback all your life, uh, you tend to learn to read each other's actions. Um, you know, Coach Coleman just, you know, he couldn't have been uh, more tickled uh, with his defense. Uh, he really, you can tell, honestly, you can really tell he trusts his players. He has a veteran group. The offensive line has been together forever. Uh, but he really trusts his players to make adjustments on the field and and to do things uh, that you know might you know maybe other coaches may not be comfortable doing, yeah. and I think it's just a testament to how well he's got these guys coached up. We thought that they might have a, a good chance to contend even going into six A this year, but they've gone beyond expectations. I mean, right now in the western bra- part of the bracket, they're the favorite. Well, yeah, and and. Coach, you know that was the thing. Uh, you know, you talked to Brady Pierce. They they knew they could play with six A teams going in. They said he said that they they just need to prove it. They had this game scheduled, circled on their schedule. They wanted this game. Coach Coleman te- seems to think that this move to six A happened at the exact right time, coming off a of five A championship. It just kind of raised the bar. Okay, can you do it to the at the next level? So it it really has become, uh, you know, a goal in and of itself, a challenge in and of itself. Yeah, and, it's really uh, the, the perfect amount of motivation for those kids, especially considering it's a veteran group. There is a challenge to get, and it, it's the biggest challenge of all for what they can achieve is being a champion in the highest public classification in the state. So, yeah, it's it's a perfect time. One more game to talk about. Uh, I was over at NBA. They played Pope Prep, and this one looked like it was about to get out of hand early. NBA put a couple of touchdowns up on JP2 in the first quarter. They were up four. They were up seventeen to nothing in the first half, and then Des- and then Marcel Reed gets hurt. Another good quarterback. 
Yeah, Reed Reed came out with a with a shoulder injury in the second quarter, and after that, things really just kind of devolved in the other direction for NBA's offense. They were unable to get much going in the way of offensive production. And you know, they did have backup quarterback Colin Kerr get in there, was able to lead the offense down, but they couldn't punch into the end zone. Only a couple of field goals after Reed went out, so they were hanging on basically because JP two made a rally in the second half. Pope's offense has been really good all year, but NBA's defense stood up to the challenge and kept this game in the win column for them. Uh, just a testament to how NBA's defense has played all year because they were very high on Pope's offense and for the most part shut him down. Kenny Minch, he didn't get much at all in the first half. He had a couple of touchdown passes in the second half, but for the, for the most part, it was NBA's defense that did the job. Now, JP2's defense as well, Played very well. I mean, they had a couple of goal line stands and forced a turnover that kept this game from getting possibly 28 nothing in the first half. If they don't get those stops, we're not sitting here talking about a 20 to 17 final. We're talking about maybe 35 7, 35 14. It could have been a lot worse. So both defenses played well. I was impressed with how JP2's defense answered the challenge that NBA's defense gave them. Well, Chris, talking about answering the challenge, uh, after Marcel Reed went out, uh, how did NBA's offense look uh, with a different starting quarterback? They ran the ball. It was they ran it a lot. It was it was typical NBA football: run it down your throat and make you stop them. And they were effective in doing that, but they were unable to cash in when they needed to get touchdowns, and that kept and that kept the game close. So, my concern is if Reed cannot play against Ensworth this week, how will that affect them? Now, Colin Kerrigan can run the offense, and they're they're confident in his ability to make the throws, but they didn't they didn't need him to do that against JP two. They will need him to do that against Ensworth. So, we'll talk about it and who you got, but that's kind of a big point of emphasis this week is will Marcel Reed be able to go? He says he's going to try, but um, with shoulder injuries, you just never know, especially your throwing shoulder. So. Let's take a quick break. We're coming right back after this on the state 48 powered by 615 preps. Stay with us back here on the mid state 48. Going to talk playoff races in this segment and some of the more intriguing ones in division one. Now we are still, we still have four weeks to go before the regular season ends, but these region schedules are dwindling down. So the playoff picture is starting to take some shape as we hit the final month of the regular season, Scott. And uh, let's go ahead and, and look at some stuff, starting with 3A and Regions 5 and 6, who will match up against each other in the playoffs. Now, East Nashville leading Region 5. Basically, the question there is, it, is it East Nashville or Smith County? Because their Week 11 game is going to decide that region champion. They've beaten the other teams that they've needed to beat. So it, it's one or the other. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting matchup, too. That's... Uh... Uh, you know, a very powerful offense against a very solid defense. It's it's going to be a good one, but I, I like East Nashville's chances in that region. Yeah. Stratford and Jackson County are going to be the other playoff teams in that region. Maplewood, the other, the fifth team in that region, has already lost enough games to knock themselves out of contention. They are, mm. they are eliminated from playoff contention at this point. Uh, region 6, White House leading it with a 4-0 record in region play. Fairview at second. Waverly third and White House Heritage currently occupying spot number four, but does it stay this way? Well, that's a really good question. This this was a very very difficult region uh, to even predict at the beginning of the season. You know, for us, um, 
I kind of I'm I'm kind of surprised at uh, at Fairview just a little bit, um, uh, but uh, I I don't really see anybody. Uh, I, White House seems to have put most of the uh, the big boys behind them. Although that you know White House Heritage is always a grudge match. Stewart County could be, uh, you know. But just the way they're playing, I, I just don't know. Well, you look at the games that are left, too, for White House Heritage. You've got Waverly, Stewart County, and White House. They can still derail White House's plans for winning this region by themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And they're really the only team that can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Now, I, I'm, I'm interested to see uh, that uh, Waverly, you know, who, who winds up in second if, if Heritage doesn't do that. Yep. That Waverly-Fairview game at the end of the season, uh, maybe a very, very good game. Yeah. Look at, looking ahead you know, to the playoffs in this, in this bracket, you I mean, it could be a white house East Nashville quarterfinal in three, a, if that's the case, East Nashville would host it. Whoever comes out of region five, mm-hmm. if it's a region five, if there's a region five team in that quarterfinal, they would host it regardless of seed the way the playoff system works in Tennessee. Right. It's it's however it's whatever line you're on in the bracket in a given year, and, and since it's an odd numbered year, an odd numbered region would host it. So, 2021 Region Five, you do the math. And looking, I was just looking out at it, uh, Chris, and you know there there's a there's a first round matchup possibility of Smith County Waverly that looks really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Fairview I and mean, Stratford have to go to Fairview at this point if they if these seeds hold now. Mm-hmm. We still have Stewart County and Cheatham County mathematically alive in Region 6. Um, they are fading out of the picture, unfortunately, but if they don't pick things up. Well, Cheatham County has been playing better, so we'll we'll see. Yeah. Time's running out on those Cubs, unfortunately. Another one we want to look at over in Class 5A, Regions 5 and 6. Um, Region 5, we mentioned Station Camp and Mount Juliet already. Camps right now second behind Green Hill due to tiebreakers. These are off the TWSW website, so don't blame us for putting Station Camp number two, right? <laughs> right. Um, but you know, there's a there's a wild card in there in Wilson Central that could really uh, throw a monkey wrench in things this week. If you, you know, Mount Juliet can, you know, they have to have some help, but they, you know, if they take care of business, they could be, you know, still in the mix. Uh, you know, for that home spot, um, really, it's it's anybody's. I mean, just about every one of these teams are playing about even and can play with each other. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, just who comes out on top on some of these late in the season games. Yeah, and Trey Perry noted this, and, and we'll, we'll mention this right here. They play Lebanon this Friday, that Mount Julia does. It's not a region game. But for them, it's going to act like one because if they do get into a three-way tiebreaker with, say, Station Camp and Green Hill, and those teams have beaten one of the other two, if if they have identical records against each other, then you look at overall wins as the next tiebreaker. Mount Julie's going to need every win they can get to stay in pace because that's actually this should be five and two, not two and two. I'm sorry about that. Still, the point remains they need every win they can get, region or un- region or otherwise. Yeah, and th- th- you know this is the last. Uh, this Lebanon game is the last game of a five-game uh, road trip, so it's, it's going to be a big, big game, like you said. Yep. Uh, you know, for uh, Mount Juliet. Yeah, and big for Hillsboro to get their first region win 
and their first win of period, honestly, last week against mm-hmm. Hunter's Lane because it keeps them in playoff contention for now. They're going to have to – they've got to play Wilson Central. They have to play Mount Juliet. And they've still got to play White County. So they have to win all three of those games to even get in the race, but um, there well, is a road for them. Yeah, it, well, that's the thing. Just about everybody except you know Hunter's Lane in this uh, region – you know, has a has a viable chance. Uh, I mean, more so than a lot of other regions. So uh, it's really kind of still a mixed bag. Yeah, yeah. And congratulations to Hillsboro head coach Anthony Brown as well, getting his first win as a head coach last week. He's been an assistant for 16 years, takes over that program after Maurice Fitzgerald retires. They've had a tumultuous offseason. They haven't even been in their own stadium in three years. They've had a lot to deal with, and they've gotten off to an 0-5 start. To come back and get a win over Hunter's Lane, you know, it shows that those kids haven't given up on them. Yeah, yeah, I was glad to see that. Uh, I was glad to see that they did get that win. Uh, that Coach Brown uh, got that ship uh, at least righted for the week. And they've been close in some games too. It's not like they're being they have. blown out. And it, this is a team that, toward the end of the year, could spoil things for somebody or possibly make something good for themselves if they can keep winning. Yeah, they just got to be able to continue to put it together and build. And that's, uh, you know, that's that's the difficulty with the new coach is, you know, coming in, you know, and even though he's been an assistant there, it's it's his it's his team. And, you know, players, you know, react different ways. And so it's going to be really interesting. A fairly young group, too. I mean, that's yeah. thing that to keep consider for those guys. So you know, good for Anthony Brown to get his first win. And now they can start building off of it. Switch over Region 6 for a second. Page leads it at 3-0. Columbia and Nolansville tied for second at 2-1. Franklin County currently fourth. Nolansville at Page this Friday is going to decide a lot. If Page wins wins that game, it's all theirs. Yeah, and I think that uh, we'll we'll get into some of that in who you got. But uh, that is a, you know, talk about Nolansville and – uh, the seasons that they've had and, you know, they've played a tough schedule. Um, you know, they're sitting at two and five, but, you know, two and one, this is what you play for. It's the region games. Yeah. So, you know, as far as uh, the Knights are concerned, you know, they get this and they have, the, you know, they have an inside track uh, to that, uh, to that first place spot. Yeah. Cause if they win that game, it creates a three-way tie at the top. And then you get that overall wins tiebreaker, which no one's not going to get. No, they're, they're going to be they're going to be out of it at that point because the base the best they can do is hope that Columbia loses again, right? So. But uh, but you know that's you know still that you know they're they're still in this uh in this in this thing yeah. uh, so and yeah the, I still think that that they've just not played their best ball yet. Now defensively they've had a lot of trouble giving up a lot of points, but when they do score i mean the two games that they've won they've scored a ton of points that's an offense that is dangerous if they're cornered so you know mm-hmm. let's not count them out of the race yet but they're gonna have to to step up to their level this week at page yeah but what they've got to keep their eye on is the fact that uh getting into the playoffs playing your best ball yep going into the playoffs that's going to be the important thing yep. so if they can get you know even if they don't get a home game if they can get into the playoffs playing their best ball then you know they have a real chance on on making a run, and even even as a three, they could be a problem for somebody in Region Five. And if that number two finish in Region Five is not going to have an easy game at all. No. So, 
Let's go to 6A for just a few moments and talk about those two regions, regions five and six that'll cross over. Um, Hendersonville in front in five in region five. You know, they've got Rossview and West Creek left for region games. They've already beaten Beach. They've already beaten Gals, and they've already beaten Clarksville. So they are literally one win away from clinching this region. It's it's all in their control. Yeah, and I th- I think that uh, you know it it really is within their grasp, pending a you know horrendous uh, you know misstep somewhere. Um, Hendersonville, I think they they're playing really well right now. Um, Beach, you know, Beach has played a lot of tough, tough. You look at the teams that Beach has gotten, uh, has lost to, yeah. you know, you know, they're no slackers. So, and one of them's Hendersonville. Right. Um, you know, these teams are going to see each other again. Now, I think somewhere down the line, these teams are going to see each other again. And it's, and it, it you know, it's going to be a tough, you know, it's tough to beat any team twice. Yeah, and I think it's a very good chance that um, you know we see a, a, a tighter game than we did the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other two teams, Galton's starting to come back a little bit. Um, they're starting to put some stuff together, but they got Beach still out there, so that's going to be a, a litmus test for them yeah. of how well they are, how well they're doing. Clarksville, I still think Clarksville suffering the, the effects of um, missing their quarterback and still trying to define who they are because they're limited by, you know, they're limited by their offense right now. Um, but I think they can do enough, you know, with West Creek uh, still out there and, and Gallatin, I think they can do enough to hold that spot. Yeah. Clarksville needs just one more win to get in. And if they, be, if they beat West Creek, then they're, they're in because they own the tiebreaker over Rossview and then they own it over West Creek, West Creek as well. So, right. Clarksville is in good shape as long as they keep taking care of business there. Yeah. Region 6 is the interesting one. Here's why. King Ridge leads it at 4-0, and their four region wins are the only four wins they've got. They're 4-3 overall, and they've already beaten Smyrna. But Overton is still out there. Overton is is the kind of the team we thought Dixon County would be this year. Yeah. Overton, our Sensei Broom has, been, has had those kids playing at a, at a much higher level, and the Bobcats are in a position to, to make some noise here down the stretch. They have a chance between between playing they're at Smyrna at the end of the year. You know, they could be they could be a spoiler. Yeah, I think I I think it's pretty much looking at this uh at the schedule. Uh you know, just in my opinion, I think that you know, first and second or first and second where they are. I think the most interesting thing is gonna be who's gonna be able to hang on to that fourth spot. Yep. Um, it, you know, because McGavick still has to play Smyrna and Laverne. Right. And, you know, if Laverne can get, if they can get on a roll, uh, if they can, you know, if they can beat over, you know, they've got Overton out there. Um, so, yeah, if they could get on a, on a roll, I mean, they could take that spot away from McGavick. I think that's, but I think Kane Ridge, like you said, they're only, you know, their four victories are their four region victories. Yeah. So, you know, I think that, you know, they're pretty much solid. Yeah, a win, over, a win over Overton would all but lock up the region for them, given what's left on their schedule. Um, yeah. Laverne, Dixon County, they play each other this week. That's an elimination game. Loser, that one's pretty much done. Antioch plays against McGavick. Loser, that one's pretty much done. So right. that 
that region's going to whittle itself down in the next couple of weeks to maybe one or two teams for that for that four spot. Right. So we'll talk more about some other regions once fall break ends and we get these teams back on the field because the next two weeks are going to shuffle some things around and settle some things down in some regions. And you know, that's one thing that the good thing about fall break is you still have some region games on the schedule to, to help kind of whittle things down and kind of give us a clear picture of how the playoffs may shake out. Right. Yeah. When we come back, we'll start picking this week's top games and who you got. So stick around for that. This is the Mid-State 48 powered by 615 Preps. Stay with us. Back here on the Mid-State 48. Time for us to pick some winners. It's who you got. Let's take a look at the board from last week and the standings. Do we have to? Yes, we do. Yeah. Oh. Is that kind of week? Oh, gosh. Some records that we're not particularly proud of, so some penance has to be paid tonight. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's... Yeah. that's... <laughs> I'm... I lost to the cat. I lost to the fans. I lost to. Um, I'm used to. We lost to everybody. Yeah, they all beat us. Just all right. Just loser. And, and, just yeah. Loser. Yeah. And in that case, we're just gonna we're just gonna move on. Yeah. But, <laughs> Looks like a Christmas tree. There's a lot of red on there. There's a lot of red on there, and a little bit of green for Reggie. Two more told you so's with Station Camp and Brentwood. Oh, no. It must maybe I'll just start eating some of that uh, special kitty. <laughs> Evidently, it must be something not, in the not food. a sponsor. Not a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, not a sponsor yet. <laughs> but, we, but we are listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Ravenwood. He tried it with Ravenwood. Didn't work out there. No, nope. I'm almost got one with Rockville, but that poll finished one vote in Rockville's favor for the fans, so they got Rockville as well. Oh. Yeah, he nearly, he nearly, he nearly snuck a who you got. He nearly stuck and told you so in there, but not so much. All right, on week eight, Beach at Springfield starts us off, and everybody, and I mean everybody, is going with the Buccaneers. Yeah, Are you a little surprised by this? Because I am. I, I'm not surprised because I went with Beach, but yeah, I am a little bit surprised that everybody went with Springfield. I mean, that everybody went with the Buccaneers uh, just because Springfield is playing so well defensively. Yeah. but This, I, has, this has the potential to be 17-14, 14-10 in that range. Um, Springfield will want to make it that kind of game, and they're very capable of doing so. So will be an interesting one in Springfield on Friday with those two teams because they're, they're a lot alike. They play yeah, good defense and don't make a ton of mistakes. Yeah. I mean, if they're, you know, it's really going to be interesting. I, I'm wondering if the team that throws the ball better doesn't uh, win here or doesn't lose here. That, <laughs> because, yeah, that might be a better way to put it. Absolutely. Because, you know, it, if, you, if you're having to throw, that means your running game's not working. Yeah. And, and neither of these teams are comfortable throwing a lot. Yeah. I mean, basically, this may be. This may be a slow everything down and just take four yards and, and move on kind of game. Uh, it's one of those games that literally could end in two hours. Well, I mean, if it's, yeah. I mean, if it's anything like Springfield and Henry County, 
you know, yeah. six, three game. It could be that. Yeah. Uh, I just think that beach, um, just going off of what I've seen of Henry County and beach, I think they're a little bit better offensively than Henry County has been playing. And so yeah. I think that gives beach an edge here. And that's why I chose beach. Yeah. Um, but would it surprise me if Springfield won this game? Not at all. No, no, no. Cause I think personally Springfield in five, a might be that team that comes out of the Western side of, of that bracket because of defensively how well they're playing. Yeah. I, you know, uh, yeah, Coach Dustin's got uh, he's got those that defense going. That's yeah. and that's their bread and butter. So, Centennial, and then, go ahead. at Ravenwood, um, big game for the Cougars because basically their season boils down to it. They've got to have it because if they don't, they're in a bad way heading into the last three weeks. Yeah, they're all side with Ravenwood. Well, not, not a shock there, honestly. No, and and it's it's uh, I believe homecoming week for Ravenwood, but my understanding is that uh, after the game at Summit, uh, uh, Coach wanted uh, Coach Hester wanted them to put all thoughts of homecoming activities out of their mind, uh, and and go in there and work this week. And poor Centennial is being offered up as a <laughs> as a sacrificial lamb here. Um, that being said, Centennial could come in there and just smack him in the mouth too. Yeah. Uh, just depends on the mindset that Ravenwood has. Yeah. Uh, and you know, if they come in there fragile, Centennial could upset them. Yeah. But I don't expect Ravenwood to be a, anything of a fragile mindset. That's going to be a team that will, will come back and pin its ears back and, and get going because they've got too many playmakers and a lot of pride on that side to let that loss affect them. I, I yeah. don't, I don't think they'll have a lot of trouble getting ready for this game, even though it is homecoming week. They have got to start running the ball a little bit yes, more effectively. Much. And that's because, right, I mean, Parson takes a lot on himself. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, teams are starting to try to contain him. Yeah. And if you don't run, you know, you know it's going to be easy for those you to sit back and just guard the pass. Yeah. Look for Cartoo or Chapman to have a, a good night in that regard, if that is indeed the case. So. Mm -hmm. Answorth at NBA, a highly anticipated matchup in AAA of Division Two because you've got the unstoppable force and the immovable object playing each other. Answorth's offense and NBA's defense finally collide. Yeah, I mean, you know, Answorth's been fighting. Uh, you know, they've been lighting it up. They're, you know, it's forty-four point five points per game. Uh, Levi Moore is the primary reason. Uh, he is just uh, he's lighting it up all over the place. You know, with that, with the exception of that horrible Baylor loss, uh, they've only given up an, an average of less than eight points a game. So they're playing defense too. Yep. Um, you know, the, you know, I think Rock Batten's got these these guys rolling this year. My question is, you know, we know NBA's defense is good, and and they may be able to keep Insworth in check. But even if Marcel Reed comes back, that's his throwing shoulder. Can he be effective throwing the ball? Yeah. Uh, if that if that's hurt, I mean, he can hand it off all day long and and run out of the backfield and things like that. But if he can't throw effectively, uh, it's going to make life a lot easier for Ensworth here. Yeah, for sure. And I am concerned about you know that injury and whether it can affect that offense or not. I don't. Ensworth can get you into a shootout if you're not very careful, and NBA won't win a shootout against this team. I don't think. So I think that if they get into the high 20s, it's not going to be great for, for NBA. But 
I wouldn't be shocked if they win this game either, but I did side with Ensworth as long as, as well as you and Reggie and, and Drake and Tom took NBA in this one. Um, we're split on it for obvious reasons. So, sure. but it, it's, it's that kind of game that either side could come out of here with a, with a big, big win and have a lot of confidence going the rest of the year. Uh, one of these Thursday nighters, Kane Ridge at Overton, and we all took Kane Ridge here, but uh, we mentioned our Sensei Broom's job getting Overton on the right track this year. It's, it's always been been very good, and Eddie Woods and Kane Ridge has gotten that, that group going after a slow start. So, you know, Kane Ridge, everybody's pick. Does Overton have a shot at, at winning this one, getting an upset? Well, that um, they have a shot. I, I mean, that's why they play the game. But, um, you know, the great thing about what Coach Broom has done is that they've won the games they're supposed to win. They haven't they haven't fallen, stumbled, and lost a game that they shouldn't. What they don't have yet is a signature win, a win a, against a team that that they shouldn't beat or that on paper they shouldn't beat. This could be that game. Um, you know. The, the two best teams on their schedule beat them pretty soundly. Um, so I think they'd have to play a perfect game in order to to win this. Um, and, you know, when you start looking at Cane uh, Ridge, the teams that have beat them are pretty solid teams. And, and then they beat Smyrna. I just think Cane Ridge has got too much talent, too much strength overall. But I do think Overton's moving in the right direction. I just don't think they have it this year to beat Cane Ridge right now. Right. Nolansville at Page. You were going to be there on a Friday night. Oh, yeah. Drake takes Nolansville, and everybody else is taking the Patriots. I just think right now that uh, Page is playing at a very, very high level. I think their offense is, uh, you know, near unstoppable. Jake McNamara can he can sling the ball, but they're playing better defensively than they played last year, and I think that's a big part of their success this year. Nolansville has struggled at times. Could they win this game? Absolutely. I think that they've got enough talent, uh, especially if they can get Samson Johnson untracked. Um, but I just think right now that Paige has got uh, just a little too much firepower for Nolansville. Yeah, got to see Nolansville's defense take a step forward this week and slow them down at least somewhat in order to, to have a shot to win this game. But if they do, can watch it be a shootout. Warrensville Trousdale County is the next one up. Another two unbeaten teams here, and you know we're split here as well. Drake and Tom and Reggie are on Trousdale County. You and I are in Gordonsville. Yeah, Gordonsville's made me a believer of late. Uh, I think that Stewart County game really kind of opened my eyes. Uh, you know, it's when you're beating up on teams that are, you know, at, at your level as far as attendance goes. It, you know, it's kind of hard to get a read. When you take a game uh, that's two levels, uh, two classes above you, and you travel three hours to get there, and you you pretty much you know run over them, then, yeah, you, you've shown me something there. Um, you know, that's their defense is for real. I mean, in the games that they've actually played, they're averaging only six points a game given up. Yep. That's defense is for real. I, you talk about the Springfield game being a, a six three game. This game could be that way too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, you made my point for me right there. I mean, we could be seeing fourteen seven here, legitimately between these two defenses because they're both very very good. Uh, I gave the edge to Gorinsville because I think they can throw the ball better than Trousdale County here, and that's going to be the X factor. If you can slow down Gordonsville's passing game, and it's a quick passing game almost an air raid type situation, but on 
with a little bit, little bit of a shorter pass, a little bit shorter passing levels. Matthew oh, yeah. Auburn distributes the ball so well in short range that he just lets his guys go make yardage for him. Yeah, I know they're 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 basically stopping punting away from being a how mummy offense. Uh, I mean, I, honestly, it's a, a a short pass is as good as a run, but their run game actually is getting better, mm-hmm. and that is a big big thing because if you can actually mix it up against a team like Trousdale County, you you're going to have a chance to 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 beat them. I think that Gordonsville stands a chance, but I really do think it's a close game. Oh yeah, and these two teams played close last year as well, so I would expect nothing less. And, and Trousdale County, I mean, they're building for November. This is a team that will be legitimate in november in 2a as far as a deep playoff run i have no doubt about that gordonsville i think is trying to make a point here and that point is we are here we are state contender and you better take us seriously and trousel county I, I know we'll take them seriously i still have the tigers coming out on top but yep. matt may be our game of the week honestly and, and maybe a maybe a one we should have possibly went to <laughs> maybe but um, i mean there's you only have so many uh people that being said if you want to join us <laughs> we do we do have somebody that'll be out there covering that game however and we'll talk more about oh, that later. look at you yeah independence at summit summit uh trying to keep the role going and all of us decided that uh, we think they will after last week's performance uh, it's kind of hard to pick against summit until you, you know, until something uh goes wrong and and one thing we don't take into account is you know they did that 5a run last year uh with one uh with one leg tied behind their back you know keaton wade was hurt all year now he's healthy and this team is is making run i think that with a shot at the region in you know in hand in this game uh, Coach uh, Coach Coleman's not going to let them be distracted. I think they want this game. I think they, uh, I think this one is as much as they circle the Ravenwood game, knowing that this one is going to be uh, pretty much for the the region. You know they're going to be ready to go. Yeah. Wilson Central at Station Camp. Reggie goes with Wilson Central. The rest of us side of the Bison. I was really close to joining Reggie on this one. Um. You think possibly a little bit of maybe a letdown spot here for the Bison? I, I think I think it is, and you know, it, Wilson Central has got a defense I think that can then match up with Station Camp. The reason I didn't go with Wilson Central is I think Station Camp's offense is just a little bit better, and they can throw the ball. They got a couple of tall receivers out there that can go get it. Um, I think Wilson Central's still young and still rebuilding. But I, it was really, really close for me on this game. Okay. Mount Juliet at Lebanon, one of our spotlight games this week on a Friday night. Here's Reggie's pick. Reggie's going with Lebanon. The rest of us are taking Mount Juliet. Yeah. Um, after last week's game, uh, uh, and and listening to Trey Perry, those, I think that he's going to go back to the drawing board with his guys. Uh, offensively, they are struggling. Uh, or they def- definitely did against Station Camp, but their defense played very, very well and actually was able to score. Um, I think it's an anomaly. And Lebanon, I mean, Lebanon wants this game. Lebanon asked for this game. Literally, the, uh, all the voters asked for this game, did they not? Well, I mean, that's this rivalry that goes back a long ways and uh, is one of our two spotlight games this week. So, well, I mean, he gave it to them. <laughs> Well, this is well. No, that this is the helmet game. Yeah, right. 
This is true too. So I mean, that's, the, when they, they got to pick their game, this is the game they picked. Well, uh, they, they didn't pick it. They didn't pick it. We gave it to them. I think well, I don't, I, maybe no, no. it's been six months. It's been six yeah, months. Yeah, you, you you gave them what they got was a they got their choice of a spotlight you're right. game. You're right. Now now see now you drew my memory. Yeah. So Lebanon's asked for this game yeah. as a spotlight game. So um it's gonna be I mean, interesting. I didn't know where you're going with that originally. So <laughs> that's yeah. it's okay, it's okay, Chris. You yeah. got a lot to remember. This I is mean, true. This is true. Okay. Let's get um, let's get to our top game because we're we're heading we're heading straight for some overtime here this week. Oh, yeah, we've we've gotten there again. Well, wait a minute, you didn't. Uh, oh, okay. We, we we have more after this. Oh, CPA right, at Oakland and <laughs> Mercy Night Showdown between defending state champions in six A and Division two double A at Oakland. Not going to be televised. We are all taking drumroll, please. We're all taking the Patriots. <laughs> Surprise, surprise, surprise. It's not as anticlimactic as you could have picked, I guess, but uh, I'm interested to see how CPA starts this game, and that's going to tell a lot about how it's going to go for me because they're going to come in hype for this game. Yep. Oakland's going to come in hype for this game. It's been on the schedule the entire year, unlike the Lipscomb Academy game, which was put together in a couple of weeks. This one has been building. This right. one's been on the schedule for the entire year. Yeah, I think that uh, you know this is going to be another one of those games for Oakland that's a measuring stick, but it's also a measuring stick for CPA. I, I think that uh, how they play is going to be compared to how Lips uh, how Lips can play, and you know whether it's deserved or not. My thing is Oakland's been practicing, uh, their receivers been practicing, and they've been working on their passing game. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do against a team with linebackers like CPA has. We mentioned Isaiah Horton needing a breakout game. He got that last week against Blackman. Mm -hmm. I think 176 yards against the Blaze in that game when they scored 63 points. So they got him his breakout game. Now I'm interested to see if they follow that up with him this week or if CPA is able to contain him. Yep. That's going to be an X factor for me for – CPA's defense is that if they can contain Horton and put him back into more of a blocking role, then they may have a shot. But we'll see. Just again, a lot of talent on both sides of the ball in this contest, and it's going to be a fun one. And looking forward to being in Oakland for that one on Thursday night. Let's go through these picks real quick just to recap. Beach at Springfield, we're all on beach. Everybody's on Rave with over Centennial. We're split on NBA and Answorth. Drake and Tom with NBA, the rest with Answorth. We all have Cambridge over Overton. Drake is taking Nolansville over Page. The rest of us have the Patriots. You and I are on Gordonsville. The rest are on Trousdale County. All five of us took Summit over Independence. Four out of five took Station Camp over Wilson Central. Reggie, the only one on the Wildcats this week. The same with Lebanon against Mount Juliet. Four out of five, Mount Juliet, Lebanon going to Reggie. And we all finished up with Oakland over CPA. So, we already know we're in overtime. Let's take a minute and get to our get to our last word. Scott, cheers. Well, we all know that. Uh, well, you may not know. Uh, last week, uh, Laverne and uh, uh, oh, so help me, Dixon, uh, County. Th- Dixon County. Thank you, Chris. Uh, <laughs> had to cancel their game on Friday due to a lack of. Uh, 
referees. Now, for whatever reason, uh, it didn't work out for them, whether I'm not sure where the blame lies. Um, but uh, we do know that uh, that Laverne got their schedule in and enough in advance to, to get those uh, referees. But that the, the issue is not in that particular case. The issue is the shortage of referees. And, folks, we've got to start taking care of our referees. Um, I, I know that, you know, dogging the referees is part of the part of the game, part of the plan. Uh, I know that. But, you know, it, nowadays it's getting a little bit beyond that. Uh, when you have to start, uh, you know, having physical protection for referees, when you have to start uh, when referees are being subjected to abuse, they never had to be subjected to in the past and, and things like that. It's time for all you people that, uh, that know you can call a game that, that know that you're right to don the stripes and get out there and call a game and, 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 you know, put your money where your mouth is, get out there and learn how to call these games. Otherwise we're not going to have any. So, you know, we need to do everything we can to support our referees we need to do everything we can to treat them with respect, understand mistakes are going to be made. They don't make them on purpose. And, you know, at the very least, treat them with respect or get out there and do it ourselves. Well put. Well put. My last word is quite simple. Enjoy it. Enjoy this time because especially if you're a senior in high school, it's not going to be forever. It's going to be over before you know it. Uh, we see a lot of these seniors that really embrace the leadership roles and bringing the younger generations up to be those future leaders on these teams. And it's a great thing. And I look back at Summit a couple of weeks ago. Destin Wade, Keaton Wade, Brady Pierce, those three have become absolute leaders on that football team. And it's a big reason why Summit's in position to possibly play for another state championship this year. You look at that leadership from those three who are going to go on to bigger and better things as a benchmark as to how you should handle yourself as a senior football player. And I've been very impressed by all three of them. You know, I've talked to Destin and Keaton several times. They've been nothing but gracious and respectful and, you know, and talented young men who are going to do great things, not just in football, but in life as well. And, and Brady is also in that group. We can't forget about him. He may be the most underrated player in the state of Tennessee. And he deserves more attention than he's been getting. And it's, it's almost ridiculous because that young man is one of the best two-way players around. So look at those three, watch their leadership as the season unfolds, and model yourself after them if you want to be a top player and a top leader on your team. That's all I got. And that's all we've well got said. time for. That's all we've got time for for the Mid-State 48 this week. Man, week eight's going to be a lot of fun, even though it's a lighter schedule. Looking forward to some of these games this week, Scott, and um, – could be a good time. Yeah, I think so. All right. For Tom Duggan, who should be back with us next week, and for Scott Burton, I'm Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to the Mid-State 48, and thank you for watching on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe. Do it before you even get off this video, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. The Mid-State 48, powered by 615 Preps, is a production of B-Squared Media, LLC.